This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This is a podcast for change catalysts, those that believe we can change the world and that the way things are isn't the way they have to be. Through this podcast, I share tools, tips, and inspiring stories for breaking through limitations, creating meaningful change, and embracing and trusting in your deepest truth. I'm Julian Crossenhill, certified spiritual life coach, human design specialist, and founder of Priest of Unana. I help spiritually-minded professionals discover and embrace a life of possibility, freedom, meaning, and impact. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Answer Your Unique Calling. I'm your host, Julian Crossan Hill, and today I have with me a very special guest. She's the founder and creatrix of the Art of Wild Pleasure and co-creatrix of the Temple of the Rebel Goddess. Sarah Monroe is a rewilding guide, drum witch, spoken word artist, and priestess of the Sacred Grove. In love with the delicious ways our bodies move, Sarah believes that there is a direct correlation between a happy, vibrating vulva and a deeply satisfied soul. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. I love that last line. Yeah, I do too. I I was was a little surprised when I saw it, but I was like, all right, well, let's let's talk about that. Yes. Um, Yeah, definitely. So how long have you been a spiritual entrepreneur doing doing this work that you're doing? Doing this specific work that I'm doing um, since 2019, I would say uh, late 2018, 2019 is when I started really honing in on what I, what, who I was as a human, who I was as a spiritual person and in 2019, I took some training that just like, there was no going back. Like the floodgates had opened and there was literally no going back. It was, it was a very, um, I don't even, I can't even find the word for it. That's how, that's how amazing the year was in 2019. Wow. Wow. And so it sounds like your business has followed a sim- similar trajectory as me, like coming into it in 2018 and then having to deal with the pandemic. So what kind of unique challenges did you deal with, with trying to start your business and step into this work and the pandemic coming along? Yeah. So the, the pandemic, or at least the, the year 2020 specifically is like a double-edged sword to me. I know that the sharp edge was really sharp for some people and but the but the other half of that was the cutting away of everything that wasn't serving us, right? There was such an awakening, I think, across the board of do we really need the things that we've been told that we needed, right? Um, yeah. The idea that we um, have to get married or have kids or have a house or have a specific job that you keep for 30 plus years and and you spend most of your time at work and not at home or out enjoying this life for the very short period of time that we have. So I know that the the pandemic was very hard for a lot of people, but for me, it was the awakening, the freedom of, of things that I didn't even know could possibly exist. So I 
with the Temple of the Rebel Goddess, I co-created that with a woman named Sam Spihala, uh, who I think you'll eventually have on your podcast as well. And maybe even like a duo with the two of us. That, that's usually a lot of fun because um, <laughs> when we start talking, we tend to not shut up. Anyways, <laughs> uh, her and I had met in a training that I did in well, prior to that, there's a whole story. You can hear it on our podcast, which actually Julian's going to be on uh, next week as well. Or we'll, we're recording this week, releasing next week. Anyways, we had put together two really big events. And at first, that's all that we thought we were going to be doing together is creating these four times a year event based on the season. Each one would have a theme and it would be spoken word and poetry and music and storytelling and art and an experience, like a spiritual experience inside of all of it. And we got two under our belt and the second one was in February of 2020. And then we were the week that we were meeting, like we had already sat down, talked about our thoughts, ideas, hopes, dreams for the third one. And then we got put onto lockdown. And so both of us just kind of dropped it at that point because there was nothing, there was literally nothing that we could do because these are literal in-person immersive experiences. And so in that time frame, when we were gifted time, right, we never seemed to have time prior to being in lockdown, or that's at least what it felt like for so many of us. I was a certificate chaser, so I had purchased many courses to get many certifications because I felt like I needed to in order to be considered someone worthy of doing this type of work, doing the rewilding and the spiritual guidance and things like that. And so I thought, okay, well, in this time frame, let me go ahead and do all of these. I paid the money, never had the time before. So I, I went through, got my certifications. And then as the year went on, as 2020 went on and people were more like they were ready, they were like, let's, let's start getting together. Even if we have to be masked in distance, let's start creating space together. And at that time, I was very lucky that the House of Om, which is a location in Yellow Springs, uh, the owner of it, Melissa kind of just let me throw... <laughs> throw things at the wall to see what stuck. And so I started to, in my mind and in my heart, create these gatherings that were spiritually based, the celebration of our blood, of a, a, a body that bleeds monthly cycle. And then I came upon, I don't know how I missed it the first time I went through the training, but the possibility of creating drums, a frame drums specifically, because in our ancient cultures, Many of the women were the people who were priestesses. They did the sacred work. They helped birth babies into this world. They helped drum lives into the next world. They encouraged the seeds to grow by drumming over top of them. And the first time I made my own frame drum, I was like, this is it. This is absolutely what is, I like, I have to share this. I have to share this specifically with the art of wild pleasure, which is where I started doing the drum work. Um, through the lens of the divine feminine, helping women like be loud, take up space, make noise, be brave in a world that keeps telling us to be quiet, shut down, shut up, sit down, all of those things. And Sam and I, the I, I wanted to have a, a partner to help me do all of these things because I knew I wouldn't be able to facilitate this drum making and make it like really rich and worthwhile and sacred without having a partner. And I asked Sam if she would be interested in it. And my original goal was that we were going to do it. Each time I would do the the workshop, I would have a different helper and the exchange would be that they get to have a drum for the day. And the first time that Sam and I did it, 
she was like, I'm not leaving. And I was like, no, you're not. And so that is what like catapulted us into creating. We were nomadic at first. We would travel to all these different places. And then just one day it was like, oh, we're meant to have our own space. And it was just these beautiful confluence of events that these lily pads were just opening up in front of us and kept allowing us to step forward. And it's just by doing, right? We can talk about it. We can dream about it. We can wish about it. But you have to throw caution to the wind. You're never going to be ready. And so I was like, we're just going to do it. We're going to we're going to do it. And I remember myself at my very first workshop. I'm talking a lot. So please, thank you. Uh, <laughs> my very first workshop, because I was as the last line of my bio describes me as such. I am in love with the divine vulva. That's what I call her. And because in my adult life, I realized how little I actually knew about my vulva and how to connect with her and even the parts and pieces of her. So my very first workshop was happy excuse me, happy Yoni yoga, colon, celebrating your divine vulva. And it was my first workshop. And I just threw caution to the wind because life is too short. So let's do it. Thank you for letting me talk so much. That was a lot. Thanks. <laughs> no, it was fantastic. Everything was really, really wonderful. I loved what you said about the way that the pandemic gave us time, right? Everybody feels like they never have time. And yeah. then suddenly everyone had a bunch of time and like such beautiful things came out of that. You know, you hatched a business. I, I hatched a business. Mm. Lots of people started new businesses. Lots of people gave up toxic jobs that weren't serving yeah. them. Like just we re-examined the way we were living, as you said, and I think yeah. that's really amazing. And so it's, I, I love hearing someone talk about the pandemic in those more positive terms, because it really was an opportunity for a reset. Yeah. And I so. think, I think a lot of people realize that too. And also being gifted so much time. Yes, you may have worked from home, but it was a different experience, a different dichotomy, right? So we were gifted time and we didn't know as humans what to do with it. And so you <laughs> saw like the dark days of the pandemic, like, what am I even doing? Because we have never been uh, allowed the time to cultivate relationship with time because we're yeah. always do, do, doing, go, go, going. And usually it's in the benefit of someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as spiritual entrepreneurs, we it's easy to get wrapped up in hustle culture because we've been told all of our lives that being an entrepreneur is about working all the time and just really knuckling down and digging in and doing all of this stuff and making it happen and making it work. And actually I found that the most successful spiritual entrepreneurs are the ones who find a sense of flow in their business. So yeah. I'm curious, how have you avoided hustle culture in operating basically two businesses? Yeah, there, well, I could definitely say without a doubt, there's literally no doubt in my mind that if it were not for Sam, and I would hope she would say the same thing about me, there is absolutely no way because the Temple of the Rebel Goddess is a physical space, it's a physical, lo physical location we have hosted or are going to be hosting between last year and this year, over 200 events. We have 20 plus facilitators. I could not imagine doing all of the parts and pieces if it weren't for finding a counterpart in someone. Yeah. 
because Sam, her brain works in such a way that it's just, I step back and I'm in awe of it. We were actually just talking about Golden Shadow and how I am in absolute awe of how Sam can look at something, for example, like our, our marketing um, images, what we create and put on social media and put on our website. Sam creates all of those. And I'll create... She, she just loves me. I know she does, but I'll create it. And it would be like, it's fine. And then Sam will go in and she'll shift three things and add a filter. And it looks completely different and it looks so great. And I, and I, I'm in all that I get to watch her do that because it's making me more confident in the way that I promote myself in my personal business. So I will say that if you are blessed enough to be able to have a counterpart part to help you inside of completely physical like brick and mortar shop open that type of thing I wish upon wish and I hope upon hope and I pray upon pay, pray that you find someone that fulfills you and doesn't feel like they're taking that they're depleting but that they fulfill you and you fulfill fulfill them so that is honestly one of the most important things when it comes to physical locations and when it comes to my uh the art of wild pleasure which is mostly either online or in person, but in retreat spaces. So I do many retreats and next year, but there's just, there's so much coming up of the different types of retreats that I'm offering. And I am not going to lie. I let whoever my spirit is, spirit, God, God is the great mystery the magic man in the sky, I let them guide me. And that if it doesn't feel good inside of my body, I don't do it. So I've listened to my body really well. Now, does that mean that you can't have goals and structures and um, have to put things on a timeline and in your Google calendar? Absolutely. You have to do those things to hit those marks, because if you're not consistent, you're going to be losing out on the possibility of reaching a wider audience who, who needs to hear your message. But if you were doing something and it is making you want to pull your hair out, but not in a good way, <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's time to take a step back and reassess. And sometimes one of my favorite sayings that I have been saying for the past few months is sometimes we're too close to the tree to see the forest. And so sometimes yeah. it does take an outside perspective just to say, hey, would you be willing to, to look at this with me and give me a different perspective? Because we get that tunnel vision, right? And especially just who you are as a human, the uh, experiences you've had throughout your life are going to shape the way that you look at the world. And sometimes you need someone that's out on the sideline going, hey, 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 you're missing what's over here. And, but I, I, but I come back to what does it feel like inside your body? The job that I had previous to this, I loved the environment. I absolutely loved the environment I was working in. I absolutely loved the people I was working with, but the job itself made me want to pull my hair out and it, it was depleting me, it depleting me to the point where I started doing a bad job because I just, it, it, uh, uh, that's what it felt like. <laughs> and so, so recognize that, listen to your body. What is your body telling you? What's your heart telling you? Where do you feel it at inside of your body? All kinds of things. Yes. I hope that answered no, your I, question. I went on a tangent. No, it really did. Because okay, I think good. that listening to your body is such a critical piece. And of course, 
I've talked about this before on my podcast that the way you tap into your human design is by listening to your body. You can't understand your design from your mind. And by thinking about it, you have to feel it. And so I think that just really like reinforced that in a lot of really beautiful ways. Of course, you said it much better than I do, but it was, <laughs> it was wonderful. So um, I'm really interested in, you said you do a lot of retreats and I know I work with a lot of coaches and people who are doing similar types of work. What, what's been the hardest part of getting started in like facilitating and scheduling and planning retreats and what what would you recommend like what's what's one thing that you would say to someone thinking of st doing retreats that they need to consider <laughs> this is a great question um my biggest thing would be start out with weekend retreats yeah and the reason why i say that and this is just so funny okay so i attended one weekend retreat, like where I was the um, person receiving the medicine. I attended one weekend retreat and I intended, attended one week long retreat in the same year, but it was actually vice versa. Now that, no, 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 it wasn't. Never mind. So it was September ish of, of 2018. And then July of 2019 is when I attended my week long retreat. And then I facilitated one, or I should say I co-facilitated one week long, excuse me, I'm getting messed up. I co-facilitated one weekend retreat in that September. So September of 2018, I attended a weekend. July of 2019, I attended a week long. I co-facilitated in September of 2019. And then I was like, I need to facilitate a week-long retreat all by myself. And then I put that on for, I think it was September of 2020. Was it 2020? No, 2021. I, I just went completely in and I have done two week long retreats and I am sold out for my third week long retreat. And I have over, I have 13 or 14 people on my wait list now, which is just wild to me. And then I have welcomed in three week long, or I'm sorry, three weekend retreats for this year. And then I'm going to continue to build. So I'm going to have two week long retreats next year, two different themes, weekend retreats. But the reason why I say this is because this past year I was talking to the uh, director of the land of the, the place that I go to, which is called Hope Springs Institute. I won't always um, have all of my retreats there. But for week-long retreats, what's really lovely about them is that they cook the food. And that's also something really important to think about. Food is so, so important. But let me take a step back. She was like, Sarah, what I love about you is that you just went right in and said, I want to facilitate a week-long retreat. And you didn't think about it. And you did it. But I did it. And I didn't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> I made zero money. I was in debt. But I knew that this was my life's calling. I knew being in person because I know this might sound ostentatious, but when people work especially in person with me, the energy is completely different. The dynamic is completely different. The experience is completely different than what we experience online. So I struggle with that. I am not a huge fan of online gatherings. For me to be the facilitator, I love attending other people's online gatherings. But for me to be a, in my opinion, a quality facilitator, it has to be in person. And that's why I've made my promise that any training that I do will be in person. 
because that's where the medicine is, is that sharing that physical space. But all of that is to say, start out doing weekend retreats. And I cannot stress these two things enough. If you are not going to a facility that is going to um, cook the food for you, then you need to have someone outside of the facilitation of the retreat to maintain the food. It is too much for one or even two facilitators to do. That first weekend retreat, we spent the majority of the time, me and the the co-facilitator, excuse me, separated. One was cooking while the other one was leading. So there was no time for like cross nourishment of everything or togetherness because one person was always cooking. Mm. And that really does. And, and also as somebody who is holding the space the last thing that you need to worry about is how people are going to nourish their bodies. That should just be something that's happening. So it could be, it could look like something like this. If you don't have the funds to, to pay someone to be the the cook or the person who's is maintaining it, find a friend and say, let's do an exchange. I plan on hosting multiple weekend retreats. If you cook for this one, you can tend the, attend the other one for free or, Maybe they they do some type of energy work where it's or you do some type of energy work. So the exchange is, is that you offer them services for a comparable amount for them to be the, the the space holder for the food, for the nourishment that weekend. So that's so important. I know it sounds trivial, but when people go on on retreats, when they do spiritual work, their body, mind and soul needs really good nourishment. Think about the food. <laughs> And then yeah. the other thing that I would say is marketing is so, 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 so important. And when you're starting off with, you know, a dozen, two dozen, three dozen, four dozen people that have had your uh, medicine through circle work, maybe your yoga instructor, maybe your Reiki, maybe your sound bath, encourage them to share it with other people, but but don't, you know, don't don't be disheartened if the first retreat that you do, especially the first week-long retreat that you do, if you've not facilitated many weekends, don't be disheartened if you get six or eight paid participants when the facility says you have to have 10 people in the seat. I'm not saying that I know that from experience, but I know that from experience. <laughs> but this is what happened. The first year I did it. 2021 I knew I was hoping I was like big bold eyes like I want to have 20 people in this retreat I ended up having 10 people plus me and the woman who co-facilitated not co-facilitated with me I was the one that held the the circles the medicine all week but she was like my my right hand woman she helped set things up she helped break things down she made sure that people had what they needed if they couldn't find me they could find her and in, in exchange, she came to the retreat for free. So that is, you know, um, she needed that medicine, but I couldn't pay her to be there, but she wanted to be there. So find the people that it can be reciprocal, right? The first year I was begging people to come, essentially. The second year I was like, okay, I'm not going to beg people. The people who are going to be there are going to be there. And I had eight paid participants. And then the third year I sold out in two months. Yeah. And now in this third year, I have 13 people on the wait list. 
we are so inundated with the idea that when we see an overnight sensation, we're not seeing the 10 years of work they put in. We're not seeing the no's that they experience. We're not seeing their B-sides, for those of you who are familiar with records and the A and B-sides. <laughs> we are not seeing all of the times that they were questioning, are they on the right path? Are we doing the right thing? We're not seeing any of that. We're seeing their golden time, right? They've yeah. experienced plenty of shadow time. Plenty of what the hell spirit? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but if you if you if you put in the work and it doesn't have to be hard, grueling, backbreaking, heart aching work, but if you put in the work just to say, I'm going to keep showing up. Because I cannot see myself doing anything other than this, maybe not for the next 60 years of my life, but right now in this moment, my path is telling me that there is nothing else that is going to fulfill me or nourish me right now in this moment. So I'm going to keep showing up for myself and for the people who have had my medicine and enjoy my medicine. I'm going to keep showing up. And then... And then there's a shift and the universe is like, okay, I see that you're walking that walk and that you're talking that talk. So I'm going to provide for you. And then it happens. It's really wow. beautiful. Yeah. I'm so glad that you shared that because I think a lot of people expect that overnight success. And I've seen a lot of people get really frustrated when they start their businesses and then they put their class or their program or something out there and they get like two people. Mm. And there's a tendency for new people to say, I'm going to teach this class. They put it out there. They only get two people and then they cancel the class Yep, because they didn't get enough. And then nobody gets their medicine, as you said, to yeah. go tell other people. And so one of the big shifts that I made in, in doing workshops in particular is I'm like, I'm going to teach who shows up because yes. whoever shows up is meant to be there. And I've seen my own numbers grow in uh -huh. doing that. Uh -huh. Whereas when I first started, when I was at House of Ohm as well in Yellow Springs and I would do workshops, if nobody had signed up, we'd cancel the class. And now I'm just sort of like... You know, let's, even if I have zero signups, I will show up the day of the class and see if anyone shows up that day uh -huh. to sign up. Maybe, maybe they will, maybe I'll just end up not teaching at all. But um, that shift in mindset was really foundational to really growing my business. And yeah. I th I'm glad that you mentioned it because I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, oh, nobody wants what I have. So I'm just going to not do it, you know, or I'm going to postpone it. And finding a way to move forward really allows you to grow that business. And, and I'm glad that you called out the overnight success thing because people really get the wrong idea about that. And it's, yeah, it's just really harmful to people in a way. Yes. And so. it's a great, it's a great lesson in uh, training to deconstruct your ego. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Great. So if people want to connect with you, Sarah, where, yeah. where do they find you? On um, I'm most active on Instagram. Actually, I'm like consistently only active on Instagram because whenever I do post, it goes directly to Facebook. And then I kind of ignore Facebook. So Instagram, Sassy Sarah Monroe. 
Facebook is The Art of Wild Pleasure, theartofwildpleasure.com, and templeoftherebelgoddess.com. And I do a weekly movement class. I do a handful of different type of witchy workshops, and then my retreats on top of retreats on top of retreats. Oh, and payment plans for the retreats. I think this is really important. Payment plans are available. So just reach out to me, ask any questions. I'll be happy to answer them. Awesome. Great. And we'll include all those links in the podcast description for anyone listening so you can connect with Sarah. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining me this morning and being on the podcast. It's been such a great conversation. Thank you. Julian here. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sarah Monroe. There's more to come. Sarah and I's conversation lasted close to an hour, and there were so many good points in the conversation that I split it over two episodes. So tune in next week to listen to the second half of my conversation with Sarah Monroe. Bright blessings. This has been the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast with spiritual life coach, Julian Prossenhill. Help others discover this podcast by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Did this episode speak to you? Is there something you'd like to hear more about? Have a suggestion for a guest you'd like to hear? DM me on social media or use the contact page on my website to let me know. www.priestofanana.com That's Priest of Inanna. I-N-A-N-N-A dot com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Priest of Inanna. And don't forget to check out the Soul Expansion Soundboard live every other Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. 